This is show 95 of the Cloth Diaper Podcast. Today, we're talking about pre-orders with Lauren from Bum Bum Babies. She'll also share an update about her business and some casual conversation about cloth diapering. Welcome back. The Cloth Diaper Podcast is a somewhat regular show dedicated to sharing stories about cloth diapering from parents, brands, and retailers around the world. We've been your go-to choice for cloth diaper podcasting for almost four years now. Uh, it'll be four years this summer, and we are on show 95, which is just surreal. If I look back at my stats, last year, 20,000 downloads of the Cloth Diaper Podcast happened, which doesn't necessarily mean 20,000 people listen, but that's a lot of listening. The average show now gets three, four, five hundred listens with Blythe's podcast getting 600 listens last year. Wow. So many people interested in thinking about cloth diapering and not necessarily like thinking about it because a lot of these conversations that we have are pretty high level. So you guys are interested in what's going on beyond just poop and washing and diapering and all that jazz. Today's conversation is a little bit of a thought leadership piece. Um, Lauren from Bum Bum Babies and I, we chat from time to time about different things going on in the industry, her perspective from where she's sitting and my perspective where I'm sitting. And Lauren has a lot more experience with the pre-order world. So that's really what this conversation is about. And we see a lot of different perspectives about that. And I'd love to probably hear yours. I'm sure that you have some thoughts on that and would welcome you to reach out. And if you ever want to toss around or share, let me know. Anyways, I have forgotten a lot about this conversation. So I'm just going to dive right into it. I'm going to play our recording. Okay, so today we're chatting with Lauren from Bum Bum Babies. Lauren, what is Bum Bum Babies? Who are you? Give yourself a little introduction um, if you were to run into somebody in the wild. My name is Lauren. I'm the owner of Bum Bum Babies. I have my own brand of cloth diapers, and then I also wholesale a few other brands. Um, I've been in business for almost five years. March will be five years, so... And this is my second interview with you. So. Oh, so my daughter turns five in February, um, which feels crazy. How is she five? Um, but yeah, five years is a long time in the industry too. Yeah. So I guess what this was, we talked on, I just pulled it up show nine and we shouted with, and at that time we were talking about a lot of, uh, mama koala drama because back then what I have here, Oh, the flipping of mama koala diapers was really oh, big and, for like 50, and it was a 60. huge craze in what was this? T- uh, would have been 2019. It was 20. 20- I think it was like the end of 2018, like December, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then back then people were, I mean, mama caller cheap diapers and they were flipping them for crazy amounts. And there was tons of drama going on in that entire industry. Yeah. They weren't producing enough prints. They started limiting how many people could buy. And then people were setting up bots you remember the bots? Oh, no, I don't remember the bots. Is it still pretty rampant? Like... No, not at all. It's kind Mm-mm. of died down for Mama Koala, hey? I'm still convinced Mama Koala got bought out by Alva. A lot of their products are extremely similar. Alva came out with all these new pods that are the same exact as the Mama Koala old pods. And they be. definitely they definitely got bought out. You can like if you looked at all the emails and how all their standards and everything changed, they definitely sold the, the company. Um 
Yeah, and I I think I'm convinced it's it's Alva. Their new diapers, the new 2.0s, they're they're all the same. Interesting. I hadn't actually followed anything with Mama Koala in a while because uh, I thought like a lot of people. I feel like I don't hear I don't hear about them anymore in my spaces. Actually, I don't hear a lot about anything in my spaces. So they stopped pre-orders, and that's when everyone kind of backed out even more than what they were before. But when they stopped pre-orders and they stopped allowing retailers to do pre-orders, they kind of did it all of a sudden. Like they emailed and they said, oh, no more pre-orders. And a lot of companies had already opened pre-orders. So they had to scramble to try to figure out what they were going to do then. And it was just a mess. And then they the retailers no information on when they were going to start it or when they were going to start offering diapers again. <clears throat> so everyone had already turned to other brands. Yeah. So what have you been doing over the last three years then since the end of 2019 with your brand and your business? Where are you today? Have you done anything? Um, have you had any hiccups or any successes? A lot of legal, a lot of legal issues, a lot of legal issues. Um, I, I'm in the middle of a small claims suit with one old company and then I'm in the middle of another you know, others. That's yeah, that's fun. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, that can be part of, I mean, that's sometimes, I mean, we don't really talk about it a lot at all, but there are legal sides to a lot of cloth diapering. There can be. Not the drama I expected when getting into this. Yeah. There's the drama that. of mean girls and the drama of pre-orders and the drama of motherhood. And then there's also the drama of, legalities which has a huge financial risk to it and yeah um um the pre-orders though that i was so excited when i stopped doing pre-orders that was that was a huge change for me why did you stop doing pre-orders we should talk about that because we talk about that a lot in our dms about pre-order yeah. culture and why i mean pre-orders are huge people love them we still go they're still going viral or not viral they pre-orders happen all the time they're still running rampant yeah and i don't understand but, pre-orders i don't have the financial risk as a consumer to do a pre-order <laughs> so it, it, it is a, it is a huge financial risk especially when you look at how many companies have closed with open pre-orders and have left everyone hanging even some recent ones i mean with how on, mm, with how irregular the the diaper industry is at the moment, I don't think pre-orders are as great as they once were. When I first opened and we did pre-orders, it was like I would meet the minimum order and maybe double, triple that. Now, even with the when I was doing the popular brands with Mama Koala and stuff, it was it was really hard meeting the minimum order and. People always expect you to have like a bunch of extras. So you were purchasing all that. And and as the retailer, as the wholesaler, you were taking that risk of people hoping people wouldn't cancel on you. And so you were purchasing all those and then you were purchasing all the extras. And I mean, I would purchase like hundreds of extras on each print. Uh, So if it didn't sell out, I would be left with all these diapers And then there were quite a few Mama Koala brands mainly that, or Mama Koala wholesalers that would open a pre-order 
and then not be able to fund it and just leave all of their customers hanging, which is where, you know, companies like mine, uh, Happy Behinds, um, Little Bunny Tails, they all jumped in and took over these orders. And most of the time we ended up getting screwed out of money or out of or left with a ton of products that we didn't want. Predators, I have watched even like fairly established work at home mom brands or established brands do pre-orders and it kind of yeah i mean we just saw you did you see the drama with luna yeah. bellabum or Bella and their pre-order situation and they've just claimed bankruptcy and now there's hundreds of parents with thousands of dollars tied up in a bankruptcy claim um well the most recent one the one that i took over sunflower bottoms she i mean I originally offered to help her just get caught up on her orders because she had a lot of orders. And then it ended up being, I ended up taking over it. I paid for her last two orders. I helped with her refunds. Um, and I, I still have, I think I ended up donating almost 1500 diapers that I got from her just because I had so many and I, I didn't know what to do with them. And I was, I had such an overstock. I sent, um, I know I sent, I've, I've recently sent like 900 to Jake's diapers and I have. What is the mistake that a new parent who starts a pre-order is kind of making? Is it that they're not expecting the workload? Are they not paying themselves? Are they uh, taking in too big of a project? Do they lack marketing skills? Are they not thinking it through? Do they just think they can do it? <laughs> like what's kind of All going of on? That, oh, um, <laughs> everything I think one I just, of the biggest mistakes that people do when they do pre-orders is they don't complete one before they open one. So... Mm -hmm. Uh, like Mama Koala and they're one of the brands they did it monthly and every retailer wanted to stick to a monthly because if you skipped pre-orders, people would stop purchasing from you. You know, they want someone who does the regular pre-orders. But then other other companies are doing it too where they're trying to do monthly pre-orders and what they do is they put in an order, they put the deposit down, they open another pre-order, they put the deposit down. And then after a while, it starts to get backed up. And they're hoping that if they open another pre-order, they make enough money to pay off that first pre-order. Um, and then they don't. So that first pre-order is behind, then the second pre-order is behind, then the third pre-order is behind. And then with, you know, match that up with the all the shipping issues that we're having, um, the turnover rates, they're slowing down. China had, they, for a while, they were doing that. Um, they were circulating the electricity. So certain companies could only use electricity during certain hours. Um, and then the price increase. So, <laughs> so a lot of things. And I think that China thing throws a lot of new brands for a loop. I know I was chatting with some of the not pre-order companies, but more new, new, new guys who are coming onto the scene uh, and they're, they're remembering that Chinese New Year is upon us. It will be definitely when the show airs. Um, and when Chinese New Year means, what, like six weeks of factory shutdown? They close. My, my, my manufacturer stops taking orders after October. And then they don't, they'll take orders, but they won't even start them until the end of Chinese New Year, which I think uh, sometimes, like, I know... They all come back at different times, but it doesn't start till the end of January. And sometimes 
I think last year they didn't even start manufacturing till March again. Like they'll take orders and they'll they'll do the samples and stuff, but they won't manufacture. So you have like this little if you really think about it overall, you really only have like a little seven month window to get your orders in and try to get them received or you're waiting all over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause Chinese new year order. next year or Chinese new year in 2022 is uh, February 1st. So we can expect them to really be closed all of February. And most of them don't even manufacture during the month of January because they're still catching up on their previous year, previous year orders. Um, yeah. And especially with the electricity, mm-hmm rotations going on in China this year. And so for for everybody involved in the pre-order system, that can really throw you into a wrench, right? Like you can pre-order a diaper and you get told from the factory, what what's a reasonable timeline that you would get told? Three months? They always say six to 10 weeks. Okay, so like, you're told six to 10 weeks. They're all, they're and then them. it actually takes four to five months, six months. Right, but what they mean is they mean six to 10 weeks from the start of manufacturing. Mm. And you have to like specify that question. You have to say from today, what month will they be complete? Like not how long will it take to complete them? Because it does take them six weeks to complete them from the day they start the manufacturing. But you you were put into a queue, I guess, then. So then you've right. got to wait in your queue and then you got to wait for your shipping, depending on you how you ship, whether you air, cargo, get holed up in customs, right? I, I don't know anyone that can afford air right now. It's shipping for cargo is almost double what it used to be for air. Yeah. I know a few brands so who air, but they're doing small. Because even small batches are expensive. Yeah. And they were talking about uh, the other day, a couple of brands were saying they've seen about a 30% increase in shipping via cargo over the last year. And over a three, uh, an additional three week delay. Along, it's already like six weeks to get it. Um, I think my last order I just got last week and it shipped in September. Okay. So this has been kind of interesting and I'm sure a parent listening is like, what? So if we're a parent who wants diapers and we're seeing this pre-order system, is there anything that we should look for? I mean, should we just jump into any pre-order? How should we make sure that a pre-order is? Pre-orders are an excellent way, especially if there's a, if it's a specific print that you want, or if it's a brand that sells out fast, Pre-orders are a great thing, but a few things that I always say to look out for in pre-orders are their return refund policy. So mine is we give an ETA or what it used to be is we give an ETA, let's say it's due in July, you have 30 days, like 30 additional days. So in August, if it's not there, it's, I'm still, you're still not covered under the refund policy, but by September you're covered under the full refund. Um, But if you want to, cancel before the due date it's like a i think i had a five dollar restocking or a five dollar cancellation fee just because i've already put that money into the pre-order but a lot of companies and you have to look out for this have like a no absolutely no refund policy or if they're extremely late they'll usually only give like a 50 percent store credit or something and a lot of especially newer brands have that policy and i personally wouldn't shop on under a company that has an absolutely no cancellation pre-order policy because it is so, so vague. And I have seen so many companies go under and just say, no, no refund, you know, file with your bank if you can file with PayPal, which 
most of the time it's already too late on PayPal. Yeah. So you have to because you only get policy. 180 days right with PayPal, and 180 days is three months. But we're talking about six to ten weeks in manufacturing. That's 180 days, right? So 180 days is six months. Is it? Oh. So 180 days is six months. Oh, so you're saying that some pre-orders are going to go more than six months. So if you're committing to a pre-order, you have to be okay that it's going to be more than six months before you get your diapers. I shop for the dopamine, Lauren. I like the ADHD in me. I want that package in a week. I, I don't know how people do I would, this. I would have packages show up like, I didn't, I didn't order this. And it's like, oh, a pre-order from seven months ago. Okay. I guess I have more diapers. Um, but it's such a weird culture to me. I I don't comprehend it. It's- it. It was a very, very great thing because there was a period of time where you couldn't get your hands on certain prints unless you pre-ordered them or stuff would sell out within five minutes. And and I've sold brands and, and prints that have sold out within five minutes. And it kind of it kind of breaks retailers' hearts. Like I don't like not being able to get everyone what they want, but I also can't you know, order 500 of one print and take the risk of only hope for the best. Yeah. My question, like, so if I am like considering pre-ordering with a brand, should I be looking at their reputation at all? How could I, is there any other things I should be betting if they've been around? Nobody, nobody looks at fluff feedback anymore. I, I used to go to that all the time. The fluff feedback and yeah, it, I it comes up in my feed all the time. Do people not use it? No. I see drama on there all the time. Well, then maybe I'm just not seeing. I look on there. Should we be? Lines. Should we be? Should we be cross referencing with fluffy back? Is that what you're saying? Or I, it might not be there, so it doesn't matter. There, it used to be. So it used to be a rule, um, and we're talking about five or six years ago. You got to remember uh, that if you wanted to sell on any sort of BST, you had to have a fluff feedback link, and you would have to put your link at the bottom of the BST. Oh yes, yes, and. That was great because people would always click on the link and then check it. Now you see all these people scamming people out of diapers and I'm like, require the fluff feedback link. Because it was, you know, Thule used to do the same thing. They used to require a link. Lilla Baby did. Um, a lot of like those companies would require feedback links. And if you had your feedback yeah. link, if you didn't have your feedback link, your post got removed. Are, are people selling co-op pre-order diapers in buy and sell groups <laughs> under false pretenses? No, um, mo- most of it is people are selling, you know, diapers that they're saying are, you know, very good use condition and they're not like the elastic shot. I see a lot of problems with elastics in the buy sell trade. And I feel like if, we, if there was a feedback on them, it would be... It would eliminate a lot of those issues. True. I never did a lot of um, never did a lot of buy and sell trading of diapers for, through Facebook. When I was a parent, I mostly did it locally, and so I was just like, you'd show up to somebody's house and you would check out their diapers and then hand I over some sell cash. Diapers and- for a living, and I think buy sell trade that buy sell trade area is so much work. Like I'm like, Oh, I got to take all these pictures of every single diaper. And then you have to answer 500 of the same question. And they're like, can you measure out the elastics? And I'm like, well, if I sell it to you for my shop, you know, it's covered by warranty. So we're good. So like, 
I I used to I did a I did a bit for a while and then it was so much work. Uh, like because it's it's very much like being a shop owner and you're responding to dozens of questions for like five dollars and then someone's arranging to do a pickup or a drop off or you're putting it in the mail. So I ended up everything that I had listed a couple years ago, I pulled it all and I just donated it because I was like, this is, it's not worth the financial headache. That's what I, I did. They, they talk about, <laughs> we talk about sometimes that you can buy cloth diapers and then you can resell them, but it only talks about the headache of reselling and that it's uh, not usually worth it for the hundred bucks that you're going to make. Uh, sometimes you need to reevaluate your priorities and just. There's diapers on there going for like two or $3. They're like, I just, I just want this out of my house just and give then, it to somebody yeah. just go drop it off at your neighbor's house drop it off at your local donation drive just the industry like. is so saturated right now and a lot of the issue is a year ago when just everyone said was saying disposables were going to be you know scarce all the all the companies sold out on cloth diapers i know i did and then there was like a huge halt and now everyone has all these diapers that they were worried they weren't going to be able to have access to. And now a ton of people that never even tried them or and realized they didn't like it or trying to sell it. So now if people can't sell theirs on buy, sell, trade or figure out a way to get rid of theirs, then they're not going to go buy new ones. A lot of these people, they, they have like this rule. I can only have, let's say 50. And if I want to buy more, I have to sell off. So if they can't sell, they don't buy. It's just, and then. It's a crazy culture. I know I've been chatting with brands of all sizes and there's been this massive slowdown in purchasing and they've coming to me being like, Bailey, what's going on? And I don't know what's going on, but that, that might be like a huge part of it. Right. And there's also been a 7% birth decrease last year in 2020 is what they said. And then we got to get more parents. Yeah. All these people have to stay home with their spouses. They learn to hate them. I'm joking. Oh, my spouse. What can we expect from bum bum babies going into 2022? Do you have big plans this year? Are you growing? Are you going to say goodbye? Are you going to bring in more products? Are you, what are you doing? What do you want to share? Honestly, I have no idea. Um, I had so many plans for 2022 and with everything else that's happened recently, Stuff I can't really talk about right now, but with everything else that's happened, it's kind of all up in the air. So, so just find you online and watch as you go and see if something happens or not happens. Let, let's 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 do this again in December 2022 and we'll <laughs> see about 2023. Are you are you making any predictions for 2022 in the industry? Do you think pre-orders are going to continue? Do you think more brands, pre-order brands are going to struggle? Does anything, will anything I say be held against me in the court? Oh yeah. I'm joking. I see. No, I, I mean, that, that was a joke. Like I, unfortunately, I think it's gotta, it's gotta hit its whole cycle. It's gotta have, I think more brands are going to close. Um, 
hopefully the quality of a lot of diapers starts to increase. I see a lot of manufacturers, they're trying to cut corners. So the quality is going down on a lot of manufacturers. And it's been some manufacturers. You were talking about that in our chat the other day. And I didn't really comprehend what that means. What are you seeing when it comes to quality coming out of like pre-order groups and manufacturers right now? Are you seeing a significant decrease? Um, Stitching coming apart and a lot. Elastics seem to be a huge issue with a lot of companies. What are you seeing with elastics? Like just like Um, popping right away, wearing short? Yeah, they're they're coming undone. They're just relaxing instantly. Um, I've seen a lot where like the elastics aren't actually sewed down, so they're not. They're just what like free floating in the space. Yeah, there's a cloth diaper shop owner group, and there's a, a thread where um, where we've been putting like if we have issues with certain manufacturers, we've been putting it in there, and I see like a few of the same exact manufacturers that are having issues with multiple companies. Thankfully, most of them are samples. Does that, that comes back on the pre-order person. Hey, cause then it's your financial risk. You, they're not going to refund you for that. Manufacturer has a, their, their warranty is if, more than 40% of that one print in the product. So not the whole, all of the products. So let's say I got six prints. If more than 40% of that one print had the same exact issue, they'll cover it. So if you're a brand, if you're a person, so if I'm a person, I'm like, I'm going to start a pre-order group. And I go and I find out the minimum quality order and I collect all my pre-orders and then I put in the order and then I get the box and I go through the box and 20% of them are damaged. That's my financial onus. I lose that money, right? Right. Right. That's a huge risk. Why are people doing this? I don't, I am so risk adverse. I, I get people that ask me for advice all the time and I, 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 I feel like I give good advice on starting a business. I'm not the greatest and I tell them that all the time, but I always like my advice is always don't start with pre-orders. Try to order, like have at least a set amount of money, do your first order, do it in stock. And then if you want pre-orders, do them from there. But most people want you to have some sort of, some sort of a like level ground. They want to know what your products are and test them. They're not just going to jump right into a product that they've never even, you've never even had in hand. I always tell them to. I don't get it. I don't get the world of pre-orders at all, Lord. I and I work because I work with like non-pre-order brands. And so um, it so feels like so much risk and uh, it terrifies me. I don't know. Um, the biggest issue I see with companies that just get started is, is, they start a pre-order hoping that the pre-order that that what sells in the pre-order funds the entire order. Um, and you can't do that. You ha- you have to be ready to pay it all out of pocket if you have to. And then the, the second issue is they they contact manufacturers and they get their prices and their minimum orders and they don't get samples. So cool. You're paying, you know, these aren't exact prices, but let's say you're paying one company. $2 per diaper for a minimum order of 30 diapers. And the other company quotes you $4 per diaper for a minimum of 200 diapers. Well, there's a reason the other company is so cheap and so small. Like, don't go for them. There is such a discrepancy in quality. 
in my experience, when I've ordered off like Alibaba or Wish and like anything that's under, I straight up say, if you're buying a diaper for under five bucks, you need to like, you need to really think about it because there's a reason that diaper's under five bucks because it has only six snaps. (laughs) Um, Like, but you also have to think with the more expensive diapers, look at what you're getting out of it. Like everyone says, let's say Thirsty's, for example, everyone says Thirsty's expensive. Yeah, they're expensive, but they're U.S. made. They're a great company. They have fantastic warranty and customer service. Like they're on top of it. So if you have an issue with your thirsties, then chances are you're covered. I would say I would even say like thirsties is fairly competitive on the market right now. Yeah, but there's a lot of people that say you know thirsties, Grovia, all them are like really expensive. Oh, Grovia is super but- expensive wholesale pricing like if you even want to jump into wholesale with your brand you need a minimum 40 percent 50 percent like for the retailer so we talked and that wasn't i had brought up if we want cloth to go mainstream a lot of pricing is going to change like we're never going to see a cheap diaper in target because target wants 50 percent profit off right. anything they're bringing in so they can pay for stocking it on the shelf uh so so do you as a retailer ideally i think my look i work with a local boutique she wants 40 percent profit on everything she brings into a store because she's got to pay for her overhead and her location and her insurance and her manufacturing right like there's all these costs that go into things i was thinking lauren this should be a great segue we're gonna to you should put all your pre-order knowledge like why haven't you done a workbook should do a workbook and like sell it on etsy you would it it would be like i would have to make like a chart and you would have to know how to follow my charts like i don't know i i i'm all over the place where can we find you where can we follow you? Where's the best place to find out what you're doing right now? Uh, you can find me um, mainly on Facebook, Bum Bum Babies, or bumbumbabies.com. I'm really putting an effort in on TikTok, and, but I feel so awkward. And you carry a little bit of everything. You've got uh, you've got Grovia, Jack and Jill, Happy Behinds, Earth Mama, Bum Bum, your own brand, Happy Flu, Mama Koala, Imagine, Geffen, Spray Pal, Replay. You're a full-on retailer. Yeah. You're not just you're not just a Mama Koala retailer okay. anymore. You got all these amazing brands. So go check I'll her out. I put a bunch of Mama Koala in clearance, so you can go ahead and grab them. Well, they'll we'll see if they're still, still there. there. Whenever um, you play this, they'll still be there. I probably labeled this episode. Lauren answers Bailey's questions about pre-orders because Lauren did really answer a lot of really great questions I had about pre-orders. The pre-order industry is a little bit contentious, I would say, by a lot of onlookers. And there are problems that are being drawn around consumption, around taking advantage of parents, as well as the health and well-being of the people who start the pre-orders. I have a lot more commentary on pre-order from my own perspective that I didn't share in this episode, but perhaps I will compile into a blog post. If you're looking for more resources about pre-orders, I'll be sure to include some links and downloads in the show notes for today's episode. And show notes can always be found at clothdiaperpodcast.com slash show notes. Thanks for joining and we'll see you next week.